You can get discouraged a lot of ways, but the one surefire way to avoid discouragement. First of all, let's understand something. We're all participating in this thing called life. All of us. Life has ebb and flows. Mountain tops, it's got valleys. It's got thunderstorms in it, earthquakes. This life, stop expecting it to go smooth. Because it ain't finna go smooth. The road to success is always under construction. This life ain't set up to be smooth. You combat negativity and you combat discouragement with gratitude. It's the one way to combat discouragement is with gratitude. What messes you up is you focus on the thing that's not happening. And that causes you to get discouraged. So whenever you get discouraged, you have to change your focus from what's not happening to what has happened. And it straightens you out immediately. Because what causes the, the, the downslide is if you get wrapped up into what ain't happening, it get ugly, man. And it just snowballs. But you have to focus on gratitude. People understand how serious gratitude is. You know, it's, it's a serious principle of success. It's hard to be miserable and grateful at the same time. Joy and depression cannot reside in the same space. So when you get down and you start thinking about how dark it is, I want you to remember everything your mother taught you that was good. And that replaced all the negative thoughts I was having. Because joy and depression cannot reside in the same space. Well now, you got to take that concept and apply it to your life. If joy and depression cannot reside in the same place, when you get depressed and you get discouraged, you got to replace it with joy. And what more joyous than gratitude? What has God done for you? Didn't you wake up today? Ain't you still breathing? Don't you have some measure of health? Ain't you working? You may not have the car you want, but don't you have a car? Ain't you eating groceries today? You ain't homeless? Now when you start tripping, and you get depressed, you got to go into yourself and come up with some gratitude. Once you get grateful, you can't be discouraged and grateful at the same time. You cannot do it. That's how you come back every single time. It happened to me the other day. I woke up, I just wasn't on the right side of the bed. Went downstairs and started doing my meditation. I pulled out a list of everything I'm grateful for. By the time I got to 13, I was fine. Because guess what? I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm healthy. My grandkids is healthy, my children is healthy. That's how you do it. That's how you come back. I'm telling you, it works. It works. Just, just try it. Reasons come first, answers come second. If you get a compelling vision and you got strong enough reasons that will push you through the tough times, you're going to do things other people don't do instead of collapsing. Even if you get off target, you won't go, oh, I blew it. You'll get right back on target, make the change, make things happen. First step, vision that's compelling. Second step, make sure that there's strong enough reasons to follow through. Third step, you got to review it and feel it every day. I mean, anything. Have you ever had this happen in your life? Has there been anything in your life that you've ever wanted so badly? You were so desirous of it. You had such a hunger for it. 
that you couldn't stop thinking about it. Could have been a career move, could have been when you're a kid, a, a car, it could have been a relationship, it could have been anything, but you were obsessed. You wanted to make this happen. You wanted to attract this to your life. You wanted, you just wanted something. And you didn't even know how to get it. But it was so compelling to you. You kept thinking about it every day, envisioning it, imagining it, feeling it. And then stuff happened. And suddenly you started to attract people or situations to your life and it just came together. Like you didn't even have a total plan. It was just that it was so a part of your focus with so much intensity and emotion so often that it sensitized you to notice anything that could get you there. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. For short, we call it the RAS. That part of your brain determines what you notice in the world. And it's really important because when you set a goal, when you get really clear on a vision and there's strong enough reasons and you review it enough and it becomes a part of you, that part of your brain says anything that relates to this, I need to notice. It's like, did you ever buy a certain kind of car or maybe a, a certain outfit and suddenly you see that car everywhere, or those outfits everywhere? Well, you know, the cars were always around, but why do you see it now? Because your RAS knows this is important. This is part of my world now. Similarly, when you really get clear and it's compelling, and you're reviewing it every day, got strong reasons and you're reviewing it every day and you're feeling it, the brain becomes incredibly acute at noticing anything to get you to move forward. And so that's the power of it. Right, sit up in your chair with some energy then, put yourself in a peak state, and let's take a look at what nine of these emotions, or eight or seven, or whatever I put up here are. Number one, fear. So if you're feeling fear, what does that mean usually? What's the message? The message always is that you need to change something. Is that true? Yes or no? So every negative emotion means I've got to what? I've got to what? Change something. Either my perception or what I'm doing. Fear means that you've got to prepare for something. You're afraid because your brain's saying message is prepare. Change what you're doing and get more prepared. Prepare for something that's going to happen so you're better prepared for it physically. Now, sometimes we just indulge in the emotion and we stay in the fear and we really are prepared. For example, let's say you're going to get up to speak in front of a group and you're prepared, but you still have fear. It's because you got the message, you did the work, but you didn't shut the emotion off and say, you know, I am prepared. No reason to be afraid anymore. I'm ready. I'm ready. You never told your brain, it's okay. You don't have to give me the message anymore. I've done my work. Okay? So it's saying you need to prepare for something. Maybe it's a physical challenge. Maybe it's preparing for some loss that may be coming up. Something's about to come up, you need to be prepared for it. Okay, just get prepared. But once you get prepared, get off it. Let your brain know, okay, I am prepared. Move on. Focus on what you want now. What's hurt? Hurt usually is telling you an expectation you had has not been met. It's just telling you, hey, you have this expectation, it's not met. So what should you do when you have an expectation that's not met? You should focus on what you do want now. Write down your notes. Focus on what you do want now. Don't keep focusing on why you're disappointed or how somebody disappointed you or how you feel so hurt by them. An expectation wasn't met and you need to change your approach. Focus on it. Or it means you need to change your communication. Hurt means you expected someone to treat you a certain way and they didn't treat you that way. So you need to change your communication. You need to come to them and say, you know, I need your help. You know, when you communicate that way, in the past, I've interpreted that to mean you didn't care. I know you care because I know how much you love me and I love you. You know, could you help me out this way? What does it really mean to you when you do that? And then listen. Say, so, you know, in the future, I really appreciate it if you do it this way instead. Would that work for you? Would you be willing to do that? Okay, great. Fantastic. It's a message that says you've got to communicate your needs better if you're feeling hurt. 
Hurt means I need to communicate my needs better. Or hurt also means I need to meet someone else's needs. So you feel hurt because you need to meet their needs. That's why they didn't meet yours. Either you're not meeting their needs or you're not communicating how to have your needs be met. Or you have an expectation, you need to move on. This is not going to work out. So focus on what will. Third, anger. Anger is a message that says you have a major rule that's been violated. When you're angry, you have a rule that's been violated. We all have rules about how things must be and how they should be. And boy, some rules, if somebody violates some of our rules, man, we really get angry, don't we? By the way, you may also be angry because you violated your own rules. Is that true? Yeah, you're not doing what you believe you must do, and you get angry with yourself. Sometimes when we get angry with ourselves, we spread that out towards somebody else, find somebody to lay blame on. Four, frustration. Frustration is a message that what you're doing isn't working, and that you need to what? Change. If you're frustrated, it means you still can succeed, but you got to change. You're frustrated, says, God, something's here and you know you could succeed and you're frustrated because what you're doing isn't working. Change and you can still get what you want. Flex. Disappointment. Disappointment's a message again. You expected something to happen, it's not going to. So immediately focus on what you want now. Focus on what you want now. It's a message that you have to get off it. You need to let go of something and move on and focus on what you want now. Guilt. Guilt is a powerful emotion if it's not abused and overused and indulged in. Any of these emotions are lousy if you indulge in them. Would you agree with me on that? Sit there and indulge in your fear and your hurt and your anger. Indulging means you keep focusing on the feeling instead of getting the message and moving on, learning. Guilt, though, can be valuable. It's telling you you have violated one of your own standards. And you need to do something immediately to be certain you won't do this again. You're having that pain of guilt because your brain is saying you just violated one of your most important standards of your life. You violated one of your own values. And you're going to keep getting this pain until you make yourself certain you're not going to do this again. You know what some people do? They just keep going back and feeling guilty about what they did in the past. The message is saying, get clear you broke your own rules and commit no matter what, you're not going to do it again. Make it clear, be certain you're not going to do it again and your guilt will go away like that. Because that's the purpose of guilt. Make sure you don't violate your standards and make sure you do it well in the future. Success, by the way, is not some overnight event. It's all these little things. Success is having a vision. Success is making it compelling. Success is really seeing it, feeling it every day with strong enough reasons. Success is feeling the sense that I'm here to grow and I'm here to give something to the world more than just myself. Success is caring about other people. Success is calling and saying, I love you in the middle of the day for no damn reason. Or sending a note, that'll change your relationship. Have a ritual of something funny, playful, or a surprise you do. How many relationships are dead today because they have no surprise rituals anymore? You need to have some rituals, some cool things you do that nobody else does that gives you a better life than anybody else has. All the little stuff, that's where success comes from. In business, it comes from delivering more than anybody could imagine. All those little things add up, people go, wow, that's who I want to do business with. It's true in any area of your life. So if you look at somebody who's really successful and you think, wow, I mean, they're, they're so amazing, they're such a genius, you gotta dig underneath and you gotta remember something. People are rewarded in public for what they've practiced for years in private. Myself and my business people say, how do you get up and speak and you have no notes and you go for three days and nights and the room is like, it's wired and it's incredible, it's like a rock concert. How do you do that? How do you have that confidence? Oh, and you know, it's not confidence, it's experience now. But I did so much behind the scenes and I still do to make things right. I mean, how many people would know that since the time I was 17 years old, 
before I walk out on stage, still do to this day, wouldn't need to do it, but I still do it. I never walk out there without being in an absolute peak state of mind. You know, there are days my back is hurting, my throat is hurting, or I may have had a challenge, or my father passed away, and I've still got to deliver for these people because my standard is give my all every time. Every event has to be better. Talk to anybody who's been to our events for five, ten years, some of our trainers, I don't know how he does it. He always finds a way to make it better. That's not an ego thing. That's a standard in me. I have to find the way. And my ritual, though, is I prepare. I think. I gather new information. I figure out how to put something across better. What do people need? I spend time with our customers. I see what's going on. And before I get on stage each time, I have this little ritual. You have to want to work. You never get better if you're not willing to put in the time. Most people think, well, I'll be successful if something happens. I'll be successful if I win the lottery ticket. Look, you're not going to be successful if you don't demand it. If you literally don't stake a claim to it, say, this is mine, it's in part, you're not going to have it. People, why can't you be satisfied? Why do you always got to get things so perfect? Why do you spend so much time here? When you're obsessed, people think you're nuts. High performers are obsessed about the topic in which they're trying to learn, master, grow into. And if no one thinks you're crazy, you're not yet operating to the outer limits of your potential. You're not there yet. Because somebody in your life should say, you really care about this in a crazy way. And when you get there, you know you found your thing. Most of y'all where y'all are because you never take ownership. It's always somebody else's problem. It's always somebody else's fault why you didn't do what you were supposed to do. It's not their fault. Take ownership. Take the parts that belong to you. Why? Because I'm the one that's messing up opportunities. I'm the one that keeps repeating my past. And you need to free yourself up and start doing something new. But you can't do new until you get rid of that old. Now we've got it down to five and two. And maybe that's not too dangerous. I don't know. If God would have thought of five and two, he might have made it five and two. I don't know. You can't think of everything. But here's what it does mean. Enterprise is better than ease. If you rest too long, the jungle overtakes the village. Now here's the good news about the war between good and evil. Evil is no match for good, but good must be active. Weeds are no match for human activity, but if you stand still, how far in will they come? All the way. They'll grow right up around your shoes. And for many of you, you have robbed yourself of a full life because you don't want to deal with crises, because they're uncomfortable, and because you're timid and passive, you run from them. There's going to be some scars. The scars going to come. You might as well get blessed by the scars. They're going to come. But if you get busy, how far back can you take them? As far as you wish. They're no match, but you must be happy. That's why the six of one. Make sure you're not losing the war by taking off. Guess what the average years are after retirement? Six. Six. Which means don't retire. <laughs> Your chances are too slow.